Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon, good morning. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being here. Uh, welcome back to the Cast Podcast. Hope you're happy to see my face again. It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, we are not alone. We have uh, Simba here. Yeah, what's up? The man behind the camera with the plan. Um, thank you for joining me, Simba, even though you had no choice. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just here anyway, so, you know. Just... Uh, no, it's always, uh, when I do these Cassie talks and these Cassie segments, um, I, I guess I'm still getting used to the actual feeling of just, like, talking with, like, no one sitting next to me. It's, it's weird. It is weird. Are uh, you do, you I've know. It. It's, it is very, <laughs> you very, know. it's very weird. Um, yeah, so you know better than me, so, yeah, I always just force you here against your will. Um, so it looks like, so I just have something to aim at, you know? Yes. A conversation director, so I don't feel like I'm going crazy. It, I, I do get that. Um, it, it feels weird just talking into a lens, so. It does. Um, I don't know how people do it. But how are you? You're good? You know, I'm surviving, you know what I mean? And I've, at, at age 22, that has become the bar now. But here's what I don't like about that phrase, right? Yeah. <laughs> we'll get started. Because... Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about this for the past year and I spoke about it with a couple of friends. And I've... Uh... So I try to ask people, how are you? How, like, what's happening? You good? Blah, blah, blah. What's going on? Mm-hmm. And there was a specific situation where I had a friend who had... Um, she, was, she had COVID, right? And nothing serious. She just, like, had... Uh, couldn't taste and couldn't smell. But, like, nothing crazy serious. Like, she didn't have it bad. Um, young so she's my age um and she i knew she had had it for like about a week and whatnot and she was isolating and everything and i was gonna ask her like a week later like how how is she and my first thought was to phrase it how are you holding up but i didn't like that mm-hmm. when i said it when i said it to myself as i was typing i thought i don't like that i am asking her how was she holding up yeah as if like she like struggling in the sense she's just about getting there she's just about holding on yeah it's a private question right i didn't like that the thought process that went in behind that from me asking her and from her about to answer it so i changed up and i've decided to stop phrasing it that way and now i always phrase it when i ask people this question i always phrase it how are you thriving so simba how are you thriving how are you how am i thriving yep how are you thriving uh would I say I'm thriving? I don't. I don't think I'm thriving. You see, I don't like that either. <laughs> I also I don't. I also don't like that either. Equally yeah. so. Yeah. Because I feel like it sets up. I've noticed recently that I think a lot of us have this expectation that, like, if we're not feeling amazing, then it's a bad time. And I've realized that sometimes just like feeling, just okay, mm. is like a lot. Honestly, so I wouldn't say I'm thriving. I'm surviving, and that's pretty good. <laughs> That's, that's is it a, though yeah i feel like if you set the bar for yourself too high every day you make things harder you don't need to be happy every day and you don't need to thrive every day i think that's unrealistic because if you're thriving every day then it's not really thriving right so most days i guess most days work to being good work to being okay yeah and that is good that you're okay you don't yeah. have to be thriving yeah but you don't have to be struggling either. I, Even though we true. do. That is Even true. though we do and it will happen. Yeah. You don't have to be struggling. I feel like it's better to just... Because I think the issue I have with both of those questions, both how are you holding up 
and how are you thriving <laughs> is I think both of those questions prime the other person for specific answers. Right. Because if I ask you how are you holding up, now there's this expectation that I have to you have to tell me about the things that aren't going yeah. well. If I tell you how my if I ask you how are you thriving, now there's an expectation that I just want to hear about the things that are going well. And I feel like it's better to just find out how are you doing? What is actually going on? Here it is. But I, I, I when I, the mindful process was it mindful process behind it was how do we put people in a um conditioning to look to thrive. Okay. So if I keep asking a friend of mine, how are you thriving? How are you thriving? When we're in conversation, they might ask me how I'm thriving. Mm-hmm. Maybe I do it so much that at some point in their life or at some point in their day, they think about what's going on, whatever, within whatever they're doing. And they think, instead of, oh, what am I doing to keep up, to hold on? No, what can I do or what am I doing to excel, to be good? Yeah, I get that. But I think there's a value and also like, I think people also appreciate being able to share their problems, right? Yes. I yes. feel like that's the side. They also get that, you know what I mean? True. Um, I, I, I like the sentiment behind it. Don't get me wrong. I do like the sentiment. And I like, I think if, especially like there's instances, if you had a friend who you knew was doing bad, mm. I think asking them, how are you thriving is good because you're asking them to think about the good things going on in their lives. And I feel like as an intentional exercise, I think that can be good. But I feel like for me, I'm always more interested in just finding out how are people doing? Like, I just want to know, like if I ask how you're doing, I want to know, like if I've, if honestly, which sounds really terrible. When I ask people how they're doing and they go, terrible, I'm like, that's great because that's a real answer. <laughs> Everyone says fine. Nobody nobody would lie and say I'm yeah. doing terrible. If someone says terrible, I'm like, all right, we have a conversation going yeah. now. Like that yeah, isn't yeah. just a default answer. And I like, and I think that's better. Do we like to hear that people are good, that people are doing good? <laughs> Do we like to hear that? Because <laughs> like, you, you just said what you said. And I thought to myself, to some extent, I agree. Like, if I have to ask someone how you doing, and they say like, "Not good, terrible," mm-hmm. I'm also like, "Okay, let's dig into it a little bit. Like, what's going on? If you want to talk to me about it, mm-hmm. and I would feel the same if they said, "Oh, I'm doing great." But like, I was thinking, do most people want to hear that other people are doing great? But I imagine if you're gonna actually go out of your way to ask someone how are you doing, you care enough that you want them to do great. I don't know if that's true either. I think, do you know what I... I mean, but I mean the how are you doing is in the serious question, not just randomly, oh, how you doing? Yeah, but that's what I mean, is like most people just go, how you doing? It's yeah. It's like a default, right? Yeah, but then that requires a find. Yeah. See, but that's my problem is like, don't ask me how I'm doing. You just want me to say fine. <laughs> no one that is just thrown out, thrown out to me, oh, how you doing? I'm going to go in, oh, yeah, no, this happened here, this happened over there. I'm just going to be like, I'm doing fine. Don't if ask me then. If it's a good friend that I'm talking to you and it's a genuine conversation and they generally ask me, oh, how are you? Then I would go into it. But someone who's just thrown out, thrown out to me, oh, how you doing? I'm not going to deep dive into what's going on. I'm just going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm doing all right. If you don't, I'm just saying, if you're not ready to sit down and hear about everyone's terrible thing, <laughs> don't ask. because it's a dangerous thing because one day you go, how are you doing? And then somebody will be like, <laughs> <sighs> oh, <I should've... laughs> put this cup down. 
<laughs> you know, someone's gonna be like, "So thank yeah. you so much for it. today has been," and they're gonna tell you everything. So it's like, don't. Ask I think I've done ready. that, you know, before. Yeah, <laughs> it's like don't be ready because somebody's gonna drop. And I'm like, I had cool, like relax. Um, <laughs> it's like I was just being polite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was big conversation, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, I. Deep, how long? Like a couple of minutes, and uh, we're in a deep conversation there. That's where the Cassie podcast that is fine. Um, so we have been away since July, my lord. Yeah, August, we were supposed to take a break, September, we took an unexpected break. We were we were on summer holiday, like the kids, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> August, we're supposed to take a break, September, um, we weren't supposed to take a break, took an unexpected break. So instead of missing out on two episodes, we missed out on four. Um, but we'll make it back up to everyone. Uh, we've got a lot of guests planned in for Christmas. Hopefully, fingers crossed, they all come through. Um, but yeah, how have you been the past? Our last episode was with Brad. Was that the last episode? That, I believe that was the last one. 17, was 18, it? 17, 17. Okay. Um, Damn. That was July we recorded here. Um, yeah, it's so been have you been? What's been new with you? since then what's been new with me what's been new with you what is new with what's what's new with me that i can share on the internet mm. <laughs> um you can kind of share that i can kind of sh- that's true yeah, yeah. that i can kind of yeah, share got it. exactly <laughs> yeah um yeah i don't know i just i guess you know oh yeah i turned 22 years old yes i did do that yes 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 yes, yeah. yes. and you still even message me about how can I go on my way to message you to take you out for your birthday and I don't even get a reply back? I'm sorry. I literally have I get airtime. I'm still haven't done anything. And I'm going out of my way hey, to listen, take you out for your birthday. Sure if you want to go get food today, I'd love to go with you, man. <laughs> I would, I'm free, but um, yeah. <clears throat> um, how was it? What did you like? So you didn't do anything? Not a thing. Not a, not a single thing. You need to live with me for a month. I need to live with you for yeah, a month. Yeah, yeah. What would that? You want to move in together? Is that yeah, that would be amazing. What a balance. Yig and yang. Yeah, that would be a vibe. Let's, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Let's I mean, see. Yeah, me and Ash are moving in together. That would be wild. <laughs> Yo, do the studio from home. Do the podcast from home. Yeah, exactly. Turn, turn the flat into a studio. That's a shout. Um, <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm, that's a shout. Um, no, but you didn't do anything. No, I didn't. I, Just, was, I was working on my birthday. You turned 22? Yes. Great. Another year. Indeed. Another life to live. Um, what else was new? Nothing. I wouldn't say anything crazy. Like, there wasn't anything really new, new. I turned 22, and I guess that came with, as it always does, you know, thinking. Mm. I feel like 22, turning 22 was like a catalyst for me to think about what it is I'm doing with my life. Isn't every birthday that? Th- that's what I mean, yeah. you know. So, I turned 22, and that was my catalyst this mm. year to kind of contemplate what I'm doing with my life. And I feel like I usually am thinking about it, but it gave me a, a reason to sit down and be like, what is happening? And like, am I satisfied with what I'm doing? And what's the plan? Um, the culmination of that was a, well, probably a minor quarter life crisis. So, that was fun. That was that was a good August. Did we slightly um, talk about it? I think yeah, we want our conversation. I think we had a I had a bit of a chit chat yeah. about it, yeah. And just like I'm still kind of thinking about it and like what it is I want to spend my time doing. Um, As so. it is a conversation that is ongoing. Yeah, yeah, it is an ongoing. There isn't a stop to it. There isn't, but I'd like to get some sort of like you know. I think in life, a lot of these questions never really get resolved, but I think oftentimes we get answers that are good enough 
for us to keep, keep moving going. forward. And I'm just waiting for my good enough to keep going. And so, yeah. um, and I think I'm close. I think I might have something, but we'll see. So, yes, the question, and it's funny because I see people now who are, you know, way older than us, you know, maybe eight, nine, ten years older than us. And I feel like they're asking themselves the same question. Yeah. Like, what am I actually, what do I want to do? What am I doing? Um, is this really what I want to do? Yeah. What is What is going to fulfill me, you know? And like we said, it is a conversation that is ongoing. It doesn't stop. Um, and I think you put it in a perfect way there that you don't exactly get an answer for the question, but you get enough information about it to where you can move forward yeah, and progress bit by bit. Um, I'm always finding, again, it's a conversation that I'm always going through, that mm-hmm. I'm always asking myself. Um, I feel like I've got some answers here and there. I'm still... I understand still that things, a lot of things can change a lot. And even when I turned 22, um, not within the last two months we've been here, but early in the year, um, I don't remember the specific feeling, but I had this moment where I was, I went, like I felt within me, like something is, something was like brewing in the next seven, eight years of my life. Mm. like in my 20s and I don't know what it was it was I think towards the end of uni I just I think towards the end of uni the things I was getting in outside of uni I was just I had this feeling like spring up inside me like something is happening here in this period of my life in this uh, decade of, of 20 to 20 of 20 to 30 and in six seven eight years nine years I'm going to be in a totally different place somewhere I want to be, somewhere I'm happy with and I'm going to have the plans for when I'm for, for the next eight, nine years and I can't wait mm-hmm. I can't wait um, everything that I've gotten into now um, with um, with coaching I'm, I still coach uh, under 13s football I still play myself um, started my master's course when we spoke about me thinking about it, I started it um and PT and so working shifts at a private gym and training clients, which is a whole something new to me. Um doing all these things together in a week, all these things that I enjoy, that fulfill me, that I love, that interest me in a lot of ways that I'm still in somewhat novice in all of them, in all of them fields. I can't wait to see where it's gonna get me when in six, seven, eight, nine years and what I'm gonna be doing with all of it. And how I'm going to be living. So that conversation is always ongoing. And it is something that we do need to answer. And it's better you answer it sooner than later. You know. One of the reasons I went to uni in the first place. Was because I was 21 or 20. Turning 21. And I didn't want to get to 25, 26, 27. And thought let me go uni now. Mm. I thought I was in a moment where I wasn't. And I've spoken about this before. But I was in a moment where I wasn't doing anything. And I thought if I'm going to go to uni. Let me do it now. I don't want to get to 25, 26, 27 and be like, oh, let me go uni now. Oh, damn, I wish I went uni when I was early, when I was younger. I want to get it done now, find out where it is, experience it for myself. And even if I spend six months to a year there, at least I know now what it is. I've had it before. At 25, 26, 27, I know I tried it. It wasn't for me. Yeah. And thank God, it's probably the best decisions I've made so far in my life. So, <laughs> um, 
yeah so there's it, been a lot of changes a lot of new things for me my weeks are a lot busier now than they were um currently running off about three four hours sleep in the past 48 hours um but it's a life it's life i asked for yeah it's life i asked for to be fair it is um especially coming out of doing uni so because i was at uni for so long i wasn't and i'm doing masters now but it's only like one day a week so because you're at uni for so long so long in your full time and your three days a week i wasn't really looking into going to work full time um so i was just coaching part-time here and there but now that i'm out of uni i'm doing masters i still think i should go and coach full-time because masters is the same as your undergraduate so all that time that I had back then, all that free time I had, like uni three days a week, coaching once or twice a week for like three hours. And then every other time I was sort of playing football myself or just doing whatever. All that spare time in the moments where I felt like, oh, like what am I doing? You know, when you you stop yourself for a moment and you're not doing much and then you feel like you should be doing more. Mm-hmm. Even when this might be just a good time to relax, you should be relaxing. But your mind's like, oh, what am I doing sitting here, blah, blah, blah. I should be busy. I should be doing something. So subconsciously, I was asking for this. And I was waiting for this. I was thinking, Masters, I'm going to be working full time. I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to be doing that. I'm yeah. going to get into my PT course. I'm going to step up a bit in my coaching. Um, and now it's here and I'm doing everything. I'm waking up like, <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah. I don't know how I'm going to get home. Well, I'll get home like at some point, but I know my last thing to do is like 8 p.m. and I'm going to get home to like 10 p.m. Then I'm off the bath, eat, wake up again, like 8, 9 a.m., do something else, blah, blah, blah. That's how my schedules are. But then I'm like to myself, busy is better and this is what I wanted. This is what I wanted. So I'm just getting acclimated with this lifestyle. Um, getting used to it. This I would say full-time work, but not traditional full-time work because I'm not doing like Monday, Friday, 9 to 5. Yeah, with the, what I'm doing with coaching and PT, and um, yeah, you're still putting in like the forty plus. Hours right, a I'm week, still so. putting in exactly. I'm still putting in <clears> these, kind, <throat> these kind of hours, and there's still many more to come because I've only just started in this PT course. I'm less than a year in, um, and I'm building my clientele. I'm getting more and more clients every now and then. So there's way more hours to fill that I that I fill myself. There's way more hours to like in the gym I work at. There's some PTs that from 7 a.m. they're in training clients through to about 4, 5, 6 p.m. Maybe with a 30 minute hour break here and there. But they're doing about 10, 8 clients a day for like three days in a row. Like so someone can clock in about 30 something hours in two, three days. Yeah. And do I want to go that crazy? No, because they look like they just live in the gym. But... I understand that even though I'm busy now, there's still a lot more to do, a lot more hours to fill in, you know? If you wanted to. If I wanted to. Yeah. And that's the bad thing with PT and it's like, you're on your own time. Well, you're not on your own time, but you figure like you do, you're, you're, you're self-employed. Yeah, you control the schedule. You control the schedule, you're self-employed. Like, I, if I really wanted to, I could go in the park and do sessions there with my same clients. Yeah. If I wanted to. But I'm not going to because that's just dumb. Um, <laughs> but I'm saying that's my point. Like, no yeah. boss is going to tell me, no, you have to do it here at this time, blah, 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 blah. You have a lot more agency. Right. So, if as long as I contact a client and they're happy with the time, whatever, blah, 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 we do it. 
Um, so in that sense, I control that. And I love that about, that's another thing I love. Like, I don't really have a boss. Yeah. I in like, anything I'm doing. Yeah, I like that because I'm also um, self-employed. Yeah. Um, as well. And I've been now for, how long have I been freelance for? Since the end of 2019. So coming up to two two years? Isn't it even two years? Jesus Christ. Yeah, coming up to two years, I've been self-employed. And yeah, no, it, it's nice. I I I like I think the reason that I went self-employed wasn't even just like I think a lot of people are like, oh, I want to, you know, make as much money as possible and mm. whatever. And I was like, I just want to have control. I want to be able to just be like, actually, tomorrow I'm not gonna do anything. Yeah, yeah. Because I can. It's like yeah, yeah. I can I can decide when this edit gets done. Yeah. I can decide when this project gets finished. I can email a client. I can do something. If I see an email and I can I can respond to when I need to. Obviously I I deal with the repercussions, but it's all on me. Um, which I like. Um, and I yet to have a problem with that, even when I, because it'll happen, even when I'm like I'm out on my bad weeks where I'm like yeah. bad with scheduling and keeping up, I'm still yet to have a problem with like deadlines. But it's nice just having the control and being able to dedicate your time into what you want. And I think one of because one of the, the most annoying things that I found about working full time because I wasn't a full time job is there were instances where I would be in work and I wouldn't actually have any work to do. And I'd be sitting there going, I have this thing of my own that I could be working on. I have this other thing I could mm. be working on. But you can't really, and especially in my, in my job at least, you couldn't really work on your own project mm. on work time. Mm. You just sit there and you end up just doing busy work mm. for no reason. Mm. And it's like, now if there's no work to do, like no freelance work, I'm like, cool, I can go do this thing now. And it's nice having that control and agency. It is definitely. Um, but I guess the world won't be able to run if everybody was trying to be their own boss uh well yeah maybe not you know maybe not even be your own boss but yeah and i don't think everybody wants that type of agency true. either i think true. a lot of people hate that true stuff i think a lot of people don't like that is there a word for people who are opposite of entrepreneurs <laughs> um i don't i i can't think of anything that wouldn't be considered usually as an insult i can't think of a, like a nice word that people <laughs> That's not me saying that that's a bad thing. You can work a nine to five, but I feel like all the terms that people create are usually like insulting. Bugs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's just a regular person. I feel like a lot of people aren't built for the the like freelance thing. Yeah. I think it's a very specific type of person. Um, but we're not even we're not even conditioned to be entrepreneurs, I don't feel. Maybe uh, maybe a little bit now than in the past, but the way that we're supposed to go through life with like school and education and everything, I feel like we're conditioned to go into a nine to five job. Yeah, that I would agree. And I'd say that, yeah, for the most part, probably, but there are a few people who just like that works better for them. And yeah. freelancing isn't. But does it work better for them because they weighed up the options or does it work better for them because they didn't ask questions? What do you mean? Oh, no, I'm saying that it works better for... There's some people who freelancing works okay. better for. Oh, yeah. um, there's definitely a lot of people who have never even weighed up the yeah, options yeah. and the yeah, possibility yeah. of freelancing yeah. and running in your own business or whatever you want to call it. Um, and on top of that, to do that, you have to then ask the question that we talk about what do you want to do with your life, which yeah. is a big question that nobody wants to answer. Yeah, you don't even have to go that far, honestly. I think there's a lot of jobs you can freelance, you know, um, you can go into freelance, but yeah. I would say even just like beyond just figuring out what you want to do. I just, I'm going to be real. I don't think most people are really uh, built 
to be able to handle their own schedule and time. And I don't think most people could hack it. I'm going to be real with you. I'm going to lie. That's something I've been trying to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think most people are built for that. Yo, gonna... schedules are no joke. Like, you really need, like, I only just, because I have, like, a physical calendar that I start trying to write in. But I realized, like, past few months, I haven't exactly been going back to it and looking at it. I need to, I need to hang up somewhere that I see every day. Oh, I live and die by my Google Calendar. Right. So I only literally just put, started going through my month and filling in the things that are reoccurring every week and whatnot. And you know the little, I don't know if it's not, you don't have, you don't have an iPhone, but there's like, I'm sure there's a signal or something that comes up. So basically on iPhone, on the day, there's a dot that comes up when you've got something on that day. So say if you've got a birthday, yeah, one of your contacts' birthday, yes, on the 27th, the 27th will have a little dot underneath the number. Yeah, I think like, Android has that, but I just turned right, it off. Probably something else like that, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. So at first, before I put this all, all this in my calendar, I had like a month, I had maybe one, two dots. Mm-hmm. Now I'll put in my calendar every <laughs> single damn day. I've got a dot and then every single number. Yeah, yeah. And to be, I pretty much remembered my schedule anyway. Like every time I go to sleep and what night, I always think, "Oh, I'm doing the whole day." Or begin the week, I think about what my week's gonna be. But now putting it in my phone and seeing it just constantly just right there is like so much better. And I've just understood like how important it is to schedule. Oh, so because I'll be talking to someone so about important. something. We've got three days, and I'm like, "Oh, yeah, we have got that." Uh, about half seven in the morning. Um, yeah. Let me not forget that. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, so yeah, that's just something I'm really getting into and trying to schedule properly in my phone. Yeah, I didn't realize how important it was because obviously um, I was really lucky and I went freelance just before a global pandemic. So I wasn't really that busy at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but once I was getting busy, I realized the importance of like, it's so important because you can so easily accidentally double book. Yeah. Uh, I almost actually had a bit of a conundrum during this August. Uh, I say bit. I did. I did have a problem. Uh, basically, uh, so my cousin. Oh, two different clients. Clocks almost, but it, it was a double booking issue. Okay, that um, you fucked up. Yeah, that was hundred yeah, percent yeah. on me. So basically, I've gone to the point now where if it's not in my calendar, as far as I'm concerned, it. It, it doesn't exist. It's not happening. The event isn't happening. Yeah. Every like that's how I find out something's yeah. happening. Is I like, go back to my calendar. So like. You know, like when you send me a date for like the podcast, yeah, yeah. I open my calendar app and I put it in before yeah, I forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if I forget, I'll get to Sunday. I'll be lying in bed <laughs> and you'll be like, Simba, where are you? I'll be like, wait, what? Uh-huh. And uh, so what happened is my cousin. I'm in bed, dude. Huh? I'm in bed, dude. I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? There's no there's no calendar. There's no thing on my phone. I'm not doing anything today. Uh-huh. Um, but basically, my cousin got married this August. Mm. Um, and <laughs> I was, so her wedding was on like, I forget. I think it was on the 26th of August. And you didn't go to your cousin's wedding, Simba. Let me finish the story, okay? Right, Just let me finish the story. So, my cousin's getting married or whatever, 26. The date comes up a few times. And I'm like, okay, cool, 26. But I never put it in my calendar because I'm really bad at putting social events in my calendar. And I need to get better at that because if I do that, then I might accidentally, because I'm now realizing that sometimes I will book over a social event with like a client thing. Mm. So I'm like, okay, I need to start putting, this is when I realized I need to start putting social things in my calendar. Mm. So I looked at my calendar, I right? thought about that too when I was doing my stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, okay, 26, cool. I was like, yeah, I can definitely show up. I even to the point where I, I even RSVP'd. I went on the website. I was like, I was looking, I was like, oh, what food options she got? Okay, cool. I've selected my meal. But you didn't put in your calendar. You just. I didn't put in my calendar. So you said, yeah, I'm going to be I there. I said, yeah, I'll be there, right? Because, you know, cousin, yeah. we're very close. Yeah. It's a very close, probably one of my, probably my closest cousin yeah. ever, like yeah. basically 
basically like a sister. So I was like, yeah, I'm never, I'm not gonna miss your wedding. Um, the story has a happy ending. <laughs> okay, and then so, if it doesn't, if it doesn't end, you being at the wedding, it's not happy. It's a happy ending. Okay. Um, so then uh, one of my friends hits me up and he's like, hey, somebody, you free on the uh, 26th of August? It, it was just like a, just like a text exchange. He was just like, oh, ah, yeah. yeah, what's up? And we were just talking about various dates. He's like, oh, you got this? I got this thing. Are you available here? Are you available here? And I was like, yeah, you available on the 26th for a wedding? It's just like a bunch of dates. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm, t- I'm totally available, right? And then it's coming up to the 26th, and I'm lying in bed, and I'm like. Oh man! What do I have? I was like, oh, I gotta film that wedding on the twenty sixth. And I was like, oh, when's my cousin's wedding? And I was like, it wouldn't happen to be the twenty sixth, would it? What day was this? The tw- this was like a week before. Okay. So this was like a w- it, the wedding was on a Saturday. It was yeah. like a week before. I'm lying in bed. I'm like, my cousin's wedding wouldn't happen to also be on the twenty sixth, would it? Yeah. No. And I just get out of bed and I check my phone and I go, it's on the twenty sixth. <laughs> So I'm like, ah, I done screwed up. Um, uh, but um, I've learned to own my mistakes in the, as an adult, which is very important. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, listen, there's no point stressing about it. I just hit the dude up and I was yeah. like, hey, man, very important. Can you find someone to replace <laughs> you for the 26th? In a week. Yeah. And it was really stressful because he didn't get back to me. Like all week he hadn't gone back to me. He's like, oh, man, having a really hard time looking for it. I was like, I don't. Uh, I don't so really rub your face, but I just can't find anyone. I was like, I don't, I don't want to be the guy who tells his cousin, "Hey, I can't make your wedding." <laughs> and not only can I not his make your wedding, cousin who is like a sister. Yeah, and not only can I not make your wedding, I can't make your wedding because I'm going to be filming another, another wedding, wedding. <laughs> that isn't yours. And I also refused to to film your wedding because I didn't want to be working on your wedding day. <laughs> Kind of awkward. That's hilarious. Um, but luckily, he came through in the end. And I went to the wedding. And that's when I realized uh, I should start putting social events on my calendar. But, yeah. You live and you learn. Yeah. Um, yeah, so as I was doing my calendar stuff and saw that, I, I was thinking about that. Should I put, like, social stuff on that I have planned? Definitely. Um, Definitely do it. Yeah, but I haven't yet. Um, but, yeah, you live and you learn. You do. Um. Speaking of things that kept me up mm-hmm. uh, in the past 40 hours, while I've only had four hours sleep, um, I was watching boxing. Boxing? Boxing. What is, is, that, big... is that where they wrap up boxes for Christmas? What is no, that? No, is... uh, it's not that simple. What is boxing? It's when two men or two women get in a ring okay. and they punch each other punch each other until that, one quits. Is that legal? Yes. Can they do that? Yes, as long as they got gloves on. As long as they got gloves and on. And it's commissioned. It's get paid for yeah, this. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is just a, like, we just mm. let this happen. Mm-hmm. What happens if one of them, like, gets hurt? They get hurt. Damn, that's, okay, yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And we just, like, watch that? Yeah, That seems kind of crazy. Well, we enjoy it. Mostly because we could never do it ourselves. That seems a bit primal. You know, it, has <laughs> like a, it kind of has, like, a caveman energy yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah. Just watching two guys beat each other up yeah. in a ring. I mean, we have been doing it for hundreds and hundreds of it years. It has, yeah. You, you'd think... When you think about stuff like MMA and boxing, it uh, is a bit nuts. We have been doing it. It's the gladiator. Like, that, doesn't that build a still stand in Rome? What's it called? The Colosseum. Colosseum. That yeah. still is half, half and half stands, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can go and look at it. Yeah. Like, gladiators, I believe, used to fight in there. Like, and it was way worse there. You fight to the death. Yeah. You didn't fight until someone tapped out or yeah. quit. You I fight find, until you die. I find those sports so nuts that we it just like crazy. we just like just get in a ring, just start wailing <laughs> at each other. MMA is the worst for it. MMA is MMA is <laughs> and I love MMA. MMA, I'm like, this is not even like boxing. They got like gloves, and there's like MMA. They just like they just gloves. like just put they just they just put two guys in the ring, oh. just like 
Just go for it, guys. <laughs> Legs, hands, whatever you want. Um, just go nuts. <laughs> yeah, no, MMA is wild. And it's funny because I am more of an MMA fan than I am boxing. Yeah. Um, I've been in MMA for like the past five years now. Five, six years. I've been really into it. But every now and then I watch boxing and I wa- there's too much because boxing has been going for so long, like way longer than yeah. it's probably the oldest fighting <laughs> thing that we have today. Um, The oldest like combat sports that we have today, maybe. Maybe I might. Maybe the martial arts are older, actually. Yeah, martial arts are older. Um, MMA me is probably pretty young, but I feel like martial yeah, arts. Yeah, makes is martial probably... arts young. Martial arts are older. Yeah, people yeah. do martial arts from uh, from day. Um, yeah, but in terms of like televised combat sport, um, boxing has been going on forever, and yeah, there's too much politics in boxing really? like there's so many divisions like divisions in terms of different weight classes yeah like you can have someone who's like and in america it's like in pounds and we use kg so it's like a different but you can have someone who's like let's say heavyweight is like 110 pounds 150 pounds and above 110 pounds and above is heavyweight and i don't know the specifics but let's say it's that mm-hmm. heavyweight's 100 so that's the big names like anthony joshua Tyson Fury, blah, blah, blah. They're heavyweights. They're 110 pounds and above. Mm-hmm. Then from there to like 90, there's, there could be like four or five different weight classes. And then in all them four or five different weight classes, you've got different titles and different championships because in every weight class has a, a division, like someone who holds yeah, a title for that yeah. division. Yeah. So there's so many divisions, so many different weight classes, and there's so many different people with titles. And within the title, there's so many different titles itself. <laughs> Like in the heavyweight division, Tazafuru has one title. I think they call it WBC. Uh-huh. I don't even know what that world. I forgot what that even stands for. Boxing. But then the person who just beat Anthony Joshua the other week. Yeah. I don't know if you heard about that news. Um, Alexander Alexander Usyk, um, Ukrainian guy. Yeah. He just beat Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua had all the belts. Well, all the belts bar one, and he just beat Anthony Joshua the other week, one week, two weeks ago. So now he's got most other belts. So they're all in heavyweight division. Yeah. But there's about six belts there. So there's so much like, and it's just long. So when I watch boxing, I'm just mainly really watching the bigger names, um, the most noticeable names, or maybe someone that I'm just really interested in. So I'm way more in MMA because even when I got into that, it was something that I understood straight away. There's divisions like probably every five to 10 kg or pounds, but five to 10 kg. So if heavyweights are like 110 above, the next one will be like 95 to 100, something like that. Yeah. And then there'll be middleweights. And then I, I, I slightly get the weights. There's like heavyweight, then light heavyweight, then there's middleweight, then there's welterweight, cruiserweight, blah, 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 blah. Um, so yeah, I'm way more in MMA. But the big fights in boxing, I watch. Um, and I watch Wilder Fury. Um, you heard of Tyson Fury. I have heard the name. You've heard the name Tyson Fury. Deontay Wilder, you probably haven't heard of. I have also heard that. You've name. heard Deontay Wilder. I've heard those names. You probably haven't heard of him because of Tyson Fury, then. I, I have heard the words Wilder versus Fury. <laughs> yeah. So that well, is correct. They fought three times. This is their third time. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that why makes I, sense. Yeah, so I've heard those names. I don't know what those people look like. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I'm yeah. point them out, but I've heard yeah. the names. That's funny. Tyson Fury just walks by you. Well, he's a 277-pound, um, six foot nine man. Okay, so, so that's heavyweight. Heavyweight. He- very heavyweight. Heavyweight. Yeah. Um, so just for context, Deontay Wilder, that WBC title that Tans Fury now has, Deontay Wilder had that 
he was about 30 something fights and no so like he won about 30 something fights and didn't lose that one at all yeah knocking most people out crazy right hand knocks people out crazy Tazafuri was someone who fought a little bit a while ago a few years back and he was unbeaten too he beat someone called Klitschko won the titles I've heard that name also Klitschko famous name um, he beat someone because Anthony Joshua faced Klitschko as well Tazafuri beat Klitschko this is a few years ago now um last decade and he won that title made it look like a walk in the park like a breeze um everyone's like how the hell did he do this after that he went away didn't know what he was doing he was at like a top of the top he got a bit depressed he didn't really know how to deal with everything he was going through he disappeared went away for a few years obviously they took his belts off him no one beat him or anything but you know the belts have to be active so he comes back this is years ago now he comes back because some, someone asked, so Deontay Wilder's going through all these people. And not big, biggest names, but he's going through people and knocking them out. Some here, I'll be here. Some here and there are big names. And someone asked Deontay Wilder, I think, um, about Tyson Fury. Someone asked him about Tyson Fury. And at this point, Tyson Fury was away. He's mad overweight, like 300 something pounds, just depressed. He talks so much about times he almost just wanted to just end it. Yeah. Um, and this guy, his man's got wife and kids. He's got like a family. And someone must have asked Deontay Wilder about him. And Deontay said something to the, towards the likeness of um, he's never going to come back and fight, blah, 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 blah. Well, <laughs> little did he know. Tazafu was paying attention. Tazafu said, like, Barney, I'm coming back. I'm doing it now. I need to prove I'm the best in the world, blah, 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 blah. So he goes on this journey, this mission to lose all this weight and get back to fitness shape which he does. He goes back into training, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, fast, uh, fast forward, he makes this fight happen with Deontay Wilder. And now everyone's thinking, this guy's been out for so long. This is crazy, blah, blah, blah. Deontay sparks people with his right hand, like knocks them unconscious. Yeah, It's going to be big trouble for Tyson. But Tyson's like a good boxer. He doesn't stand there and punch with you. He'll move. And he's a big guy, but he can move really quickly for a guy his size. Yeah. He'll move really quickly, jab you, try to counter you, and just pick you apart. Deontay Wilder ain't really got that. He's just, he's got that right hand. And he will just, if he, if he connects with you, nine times out of ten, you're out. So that was the first fight. Sick fight. Charles and Free was moving around, you know, sticking and jabbing him. He wasn't really trying to get touched. Not in a scared way, just he was doing his fight. He's a boxer. He really does boxes. The, like the true, they call it the science of boxing. You know, that's, that's where he's from. That's where he's from. And Deontay hasn't really got that kind of skill, but he was still trying to just find him and connect that one punch. I believe Tazafri won that fight. Um, He got knocked down once. Tazafri got knocked down once in like the sixth or seventh round, but it looked like he was sort of off balance and a slip. And when he got knocked down, he did so he did a sort of showboating thing like, like you didn't hurt me, I'm here. And he got back up and he was cool. But uh, he got knocked down again in the twelfth round, the last round. Mm -hmm. And apparently, I only learned it here, but apparently, knocking down in a in a boxing match is like big. So obviously, there's points and judges if you know if he goes to the end of twelve rounds. Um, apparently, a knockdown is huge points. Like if you knock someone down, you've pretty much won the round. Yeah. So I learned in that moment. Because almost every round, Taz, uh, Wilder was hardly touching Fury. And Fury was just boxing him, boxing his face off. And hardly getting touched. So I was thinking this guy's winning rounds, racking rounds. 
and then he gets to the 12th round uh, Wada connects with him Fury drops like drops eyes rolled back of his head boom drops on his head drops on his back on his bum yeah and obviously he got a 10 second count right the rest started counting and for about 4 or 5 seconds I think his eyes were closed I don't remember but he was just flat laying there Tyson Fury and then when he got to about the 7th 8th second he rose up like Undertaker <laughs> he just sat up got up for like Undertaker and got back up and got into the fight again and then some say he won the end of that tour round because he started putting pressure on Deontay Wilder and Deontay Wilder was tired he couldn't handle it but then that fight that first fight was a draw which I think he won, but it was a draw apparently. Because even if, because that's 12 rounds, even yeah. if Wilder won the rounds that he knocked him out in, that's two. I don't think he won another four for it to be a draw, you know? So yeah, I don't know about that. But anyway, it was a draw. So they go away. Wilder keeps his belt. They came back quickly for a second fight, of course, to get it done. Fury demolishes him. He comes up in weight. So maybe he was at 240, 250 in the first one. Second one is about 270. He comes up in weight. He thinks, I'm not going to box him and just move around. I'm going to pressure him, put my body on him, put my weight on him and just ruin him. So that's what he did. Ruined him. Ruined him. Ruined him. <laughs> I don't know why does. He's a tall, like, black guy, mad shape, mad strong. He's at 6'7". Yeah. But he's a lot slimmer in shape than these other guys. He's a lot slimmer. Um, yeah, ruined Wilder. Knocked him out. Uh, well, not knock him out, but it, his wildest team threw in the towel. As in, they said, no, nah, this is enough. They're like forfeited for him, basically, yeah, because he was yeah, taking too much damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the ref was thinking about it anyway. So, yeah, that happened. Wilder, Wilder's making all these excuses about this and that, and he cheated, and he's got something in his glove, and blah, 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 blah. So, it's not looking good for Wilder. Yeah. Um, he said, he, he walked out in some sort of vest, like and they said they said it was about 40 pounds and they said um oh the 40 pound vest that he had on before in the change room and they're walking out it, it took too much energy out of him but then there was a video that came out online of him training with a 40 pound vest on <laughs> so i was like you could train with a 40 pound vest on and do proper strength and conditioning training but walking out for five ten minutes that's too much energy for you yeah a lot of these athletes just like don't know how to just just lose yeah, with grace he, but if he, he he had never lost that yeah, was his first yeah, loss yeah but just like lose with grace yeah hey, so, especially if you've never lost and like hey man you took one you are still great like, yeah just, so he, he i guess he just didn't deal with that yeah. so this third one came now it was last night um third one yeah third one because there was always like a rematch clause somewhere within the contracts that they have so wider has a chance to you know beat him back for the third opportunity and i missed the beginning part of it i need to rewatch it but i watched the end of it because i just got back home um and apparently he, he fury got knocked down a couple of times in the earlier part of the fight so wilder was a bit more prepared he knew what was coming for him um but he just it wasn't enough fury was just the better because he can punch and put his weight on you and use his power and he can box and move so i think it was just too much for wilder and it stopped um, but it was a crazy fight because now it's like what's next for Tyson Fury because mm. I don't think there's anyone else who really had, who really like touches him who comes close to him Anthony Joshua Fury was a big fight because they're both British fighters and whatnot that would be huge in that like, Wembley or something mm -hmm. but Anthony Joshua just lost all his titles which he'll probably go do a rematch but good luck to him because that didn't go well for him Um, 
So he'll probably go do a rematch with that guy who took his titles. The Ukrainian Wait, So guy. if you lose against one dude, you lose all your titles? You lose all your titles. How does that even... So okay. so you could be a champion, unbeaten that? in that 25 fights or something, and you have all your titles. You lose one time, your titles are gone. Dang. <laughs> your titles are gone. I guess that keeps it like interesting for the viewers, but damn, that sucks for like, it, the fighters, man. Imagine... Right. Imagine kept racking up all those titles in one guy. It could just one be like guy. a bad day. One guy. And it's just like all it takes is like well, one bad day. I think Joshua had his bad day. Um, I heard the name Andy Ruiz. I, all of these names sound familiar. I don't so, know what any of these people look like. Except for Anthony Joshua. The, <laughs> so the guy called Andy Ruiz, Mexican guy, like just... I'm trying to be nice. He's huge. Okay. Like not huge as in physique, okay. great shape. Huge as in out of shape, like heavyweight. <laughs> But he's a boxer. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't want to mess with him because he'll... Yeah, he can still be strong. Yeah, he'll you up. Yeah, he's still probably strong. Super fast hands. Have you seen like the world's strongest dudes? They don't like look like physically. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like their physique isn't like yeah, yeah. an attractive physique, but it's yeah. like they're like, they're strong. They will fling you over. Yeah, 100%. Um, so yeah, this guy, Andy Ruiz, Joshua was supposed to fight him, was supposed to fight someone else. Andy Ruiz came in as a replacement like weeks before maybe. Oh no. Joshua got... Knocked out. Really? Yeah. Knocked out. Um, that was, this was maybe two years ago now, something like that. Um, so Joshua had his moment where, you know, it was a bad day at the office for him, you know. This yeah. guy came out of nowhere. Yeah. This big guy that people make fun <laughs> of. Um, Mexican guy, no one knows his name. Yeah. And in one night, everybody knows his name. He's a millionaire now. Super, bare contracts and everything. But then Ruiz, of course, there's rematch closing contracts. So Arjun Anvi Joshua trained, came back for a rematch and got his titles back. Yeah. Um, from that guy. And then that guy just no one heard of him since. I think he's had a couple of fights here and there. But yeah, so he's lost it now again. Um so I don't know how he's gonna plan to win the next one. Yeah. But good luck to him. Because there's a sense of like Anthony Joshua's like he's from like Watford, I believe. He grew up in Watford. Mm-hmm. He's like He's that one of the guys, you know? Yeah, I think that's why people like so him. People, so he has like an everyman. Right, so people like, yeah, so people like... They're rooting for him. So people like me, people like you, from where we're from, we're like, I want to see you win. I want to see you do well. So when he's... Well, if you're invested, if you care. Yeah. So when, so when he's losers, they're like, oh. Like when, I, when, he, when he was losing, I was like, this is not looking good for him. He's probably going to lose. But I was a bit like... Yeah, because it feels like you're losing too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, you want to see someone that represents you succeed. 100%. So that was a shame. But yeah, if I'm being an honesty, I don't know how he's getting the titles back. The guy outboxed him. And even if he does, he's not beating Tyson Fury. Because that was supposed to be the huge fight until he lost. He's not beating Tyson Fury. The other guy who took his belts off him, Alexander Usyk, is not beating Tyson Fury. He's good, but he's not beating Tyson Fury. How old is Tyson Fury? 33. Isn't that like super old for a boxer? Not in boxing. Really? From about 28 to about 33, that's like your prime. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like for most sports, that's usually like you're you're on the, you're out, you're almost out. Except for like maybe like tennis or something. No, nah, football you're not out. Ronaldo's playing, he's 36. Yeah, but I don't feel like that's your prime as a football. No, it's not his prime. It's not that's his prime, I mean. but he's still playing at a very good level. Yeah, that's what I mean. Actually, like, you can. Again, he is that's a, what I mean. Like, I mean, you can, but I feel like... Case. That's what I mean. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, usually yeah. in sports, when you're getting up to your 30s, you're not in your prime anymore. Foot, no, football 28, 29 is a prime. 27. Yeah. That's your prime. Um, fighting is, is, is very weird, because even when I started watching MMA, because I got in it, like, most people got in MMA back in the day, which is Conor McGregor. Yeah. When he first came on the scene, and he was making a lot of noise. 
and he was just this unique vibrant character with so much energy mm-hmm. and he just you attracted yourself to it you got he was able to attract people to him like and i was one of the people who he reattracted and i would just watch his stuff like who is this guy blah 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 that talk so much like irish accent yeah but he's like in america on a big stage and even that similar with joshua i'm not irish i'm not like i have no connections with um conor mcgregor except for the fact that like i don't think ireland and england are even like we're just close to each other. Yeah, it's like kind of. Yeah, it's like, I guess it's like America and Canada. Right? Yeah, it's like you're, you're you're kind of there. Yeah, we're just close to each other. Yeah, but the fact that I see him out there in America and he killed it and he like did his run and he's a legend, I felt a bit of like proudness that in America because America's so big and they think yeah, everything in the world yeah. just happens in America and so when something else comes over now and it's Ireland and it's something close to us, I'm like, yeah, go on, like yeah, yeah. do you go dominate that industry and you feel such a pride with him um even though there's no really no connections with me um but yeah when he i started watching you see because of him and i got into it and i was seeing people fight and they're 31 32 33 yeah. and i'm watching this thinking bro that's like you're in your 30s fam yeah. but they look mad young they're fit as hell and apparently that's like your prime 32 33 in ufc world you're not old if you're 32 you're just getting started. Really? There's people that started their MMA career at like 25. Okay. Yeah, fine's weird like that. That's interesting. I feel like I would have thought it would have been even like less because I'm like, how long can you keep doing a sport like that? It is crazy. You do uh, the life they live is nuts. Yeah, like statistically, you are screwing us. I think like the chances of Alzheimer's for like boxers is like I think it's up. It's like super high. I think if you like do a fighting sport, I think it's like fifty percent or something. It's like it's really high, and I don't know how it's really high. And I don't know how UFC get away with it because it's not just gloves, yeah, like getting hit in the head. You can get kicked, hundred percent. You can get kneed in the head. You can get elbowed in the head. Yeah, like those like combat sports. I'm like, yeah, that salary makes sense because you are like one way or another. If you have a a good career in that, you are like screwing yourself up. In old age, like you can't take knocks like that to the head you continuously uh, without repercussions. And the crazy thing is, there are f- two fighters that were free fighters that I can think of in the UFC that are like over t- twenty fights unbeaten. And you think about, you think you let's say twenty five. You fought twenty five different people. How on earth have you not lost to any single one of them? Yeah, that is pretty impressive. You know, um, one of them's retired. Another one's not retired, but he's crazy outside of the sport itself. So I don't think he's ever going to fight again. And the other guy's still fighting. And they're unbeaten and they're all like on 25 undefeated, 26 fights undefeated. Fighting's a crazy life. I love watching it, but I can, I would, I can never do that. Not professionally, no. I, could, I couldn't do it in practice. I'd do it for fun. I've thought I'd, about it. I'll do jiu-jitsu. I'd, I've thought about martial arts for fun. I think I'd, that could be fun. I thought about jiu-jitsu. Yeah. That's interesting to me. Um, the grappling side of it. Um, I may get into that sometime in the future. Um, but I have no interest to go and start sparring with people. I have no interest to go start kickboxing with people. You want to get kicked in the face? No, I don't really? want to get kicked in the face. I kind of do. I think it could be fun. You know, it has that like crazy, like, uh, it's a really dumb man thing. It's got like crazy masculine energy, like that stupid boyness to it. And I'm like, that seems fun. Like, take a few kicks to the face. I think it was even fun once you get kicked in the face. It will. There's so much adrenaline, I assure you. 
it'll you will look back and be like that was kind of because like how else do these people keep going definitely because they've they're bred from a specific type of nah, life nah. i think it could be fun yeah i wouldn't do it like professionally because like i don't want brain damage but like i do it like for like a hobby nah, i think the only one i would get into was be jiu-jitsu that seems sick but I get what you're saying, because in that sense, it sounds weird. In that sense, like, jujitsu where you get submitted and whatnot, like, in what a choke, some sort of choke or whatever, I imagine the feeling of, you know, getting choked out would be wild. Yeah. Would be wild. It would be crazy, right? <laughs> like, I'm just like, imagine you're just, like, fighting a dude, and the dude, like, like kicks off the wall and, like, hits you in the face. There'll be so much going on. No, not hitting me in the face. <laughs> okay oh kicks you or something i feel like taking like one of those kicks would be like such a like especially the first time that would be such like a you i don't think your body would not to react it'd yeah, be like yeah. what is even happening right yeah now? all that adrenaline kick to the face pain blood you're like i don't what is going on but do my function yeah it's either you 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 go i'm gonna do mma or you like die on the spot because your body doesn't know what to do i'm going to take that risk <laughs> Oh, wow, dude. <laughs> um, so, something interesting happened. Okay. Um, yesterday, because I play football. Um, Indeed. I play matches on Saturdays. And we went away to Swanley to play a team. And something interesting happened on the pitch. So, again, because you live under a rock and I have to update you on everything that goes on in very, life. It's a very nice rock. But... Um, <laughs> there's a lot that have been going on in the past year or so. and two years, A lot, uh, past two, three years in football and racism in football. Okay. And um, there is a big campaign, especially after the George Floyd stuff. Mm-hmm. There's been a big campaign with uh, professional athletes, in, 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 in general professional athletes, but specifically for this conversation, uh, professional footballers and different leagues and whatnot, and around Europe, everybody before a game they take a knee, okay, and they've been doing it since the football came back in lockdown. So before a game, they take a knee, and that's you know out of respect and acknowledgement of you know George Floyd originally, and now just you know sort of black people generally, black people in general, and Black Lives Matter and whatnot. Right, so that's been going on for a while, and that's a this is a big thing. Like anyone who pays attention to football anywhere, like you see people take a knee before a game for about a few seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had this conversation about whether what is if whether what is doing is actually working or is it just become something that we just do now. Yeah. Um. So I was playing my game, and uh, we're like maybe thirty, twenty five, thirty minutes in now. Um, another team has a free kick. Right, we found them. They have a free kick, um, and we're setting up the free kick. We're you know trying to defend it, and there's one of the players, as some players do, talking a lot of sugar honey iced tea. Yeah, to to like one of our guys, especially the winning at that time. So he could, um, he has the right to. So talking a lot of stuff, trying to get into our heads, whatnot, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and the guy who was talking to, you know, he was being calm it wasn't necessarily biting um but i have a friend who plays for team and he's there already so i'm there my friend's there and the guy who's getting like rubbish spoken to him because he got mark up you know mark as in 
mark a specific person who you're going to defend against. Yeah. So the three of us there in that sort of area. Um, and we're, you know, the, their team is there as well. You know, they're trying to score from the free kick. And the guy's talking rubbish, talking rubbish to one of our teammates. And my other teammate who's there with us, the other friend, he he gets in to defend the teammate that's getting talk rubbish. So it's like, oh, shut up, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. They're talking back and forth, like a little small talk. Why does like free kick's getting set up? And he goes like, oh, just blah, 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 shut up, blah, blah, blah. Stop behaving like a monkey. Okay. Now, for context, the guy who plays my team, friend guy, he's a white guy. Uh-huh. Um, originally from Eastern European. Um, originally Eastern European. Came in maybe four or five years the ago. The guy on your team? Yeah. Okay. Came in maybe four or five years ago, three years ago. Yeah. The guy on the other team, who he was talking to you, is black. Okay. So, you can see how him saying stop behaving like a monkey to the black guy sort of just threw everything out of the way like uh, i could see how that would how that could have that yeah, effect right yes. right right yes. right um knowing how people are yeah i could see that so yeah as you'd expect the black guy that flipped out like oh, you called me a monkey blah blah, blah blah um things started escalating their team heard it as well so <laughs> uh-huh a lot went on in the next two to three, four, five minutes um, that had to get stopped and separate. Nothing crazy. Um, so so nothing necessarily happened to him because the referee came, had a lengthy conversation. The game was stopped about almost 10 minutes. Okay. Um, I think their team was even talking about maybe walking off the pitch and not playing um, because of it. Really? Um, yeah, because, you know, people are really taking a stance in this and rightly so you should if you genuinely feel like you yeah if you feel like you are right definitely. you know um so yeah but we moved on for that we carried on playing why not but my point is i say this story to say i feel like intent is huge yes i feel like intent important. is extremely huge in like everything and in anything yeah i think more so context is context and um context is context extreme, is important context is extremely important. extremely important arguably i think the context but intent might be more important i think i feel don't know would they not go what do they go hang i, I don't think they do because there was a context in the situation and there was intent that's true yeah they, uh, yeah yeah that's a separate. but yeah, even context with, and intent yeah but even with the context if the intent was wrong the context would still be just be awful yeah, Whether you had a context or not, it would still be awful. Yes, that's true. But intent and context. Yeah. Say then. yeah. So, yeah. so context. The guy was talking back and forth to one of our teammates, blah, 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 chatting rubbish, trying to get into his head. Yes. He came in to try and defend his teammates, tell him, hey, sharp, blah, 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 like, stop talking, whatever, get on with the game. Mm-hmm. Made a comment. And that was what it was. Now, intent's, in- <clears throat> intent's important because I know him mm-hmm. personally. Yes. He's not just a player that plays in my team. We've played in another team before, like two seasons before mm-hmm. this one. So I know him. He's a friend of mine. We've gone out before. Okay, we've chilled together. We've spoken We about a lot of things. And I feel like I'm a good judge of character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't be spending time with somebody who I thought was racist and doesn't respect black people and calls black people monkeys. 
Yes. So when you said it, I was sort of standing there like, huh? Did he just call him a monkey? Like, see, not call him a monkey, but did he just say to him, stop behaving like a monkey? Like, See, that's interesting, right? Because for me, my brain wouldn't go straight to, especially if I knew the dude, I wouldn't go straight to, he's calling him a monkey because he's black. Right, but I'm the only one that really knows him like that. Yes. I know, of course, all our other team knows him. We've been each other since the beginning of the season. Yes. But every, it's fairly a new team. So everybody's sort of, most people have met each other here this season, beginning of the season. Yeah. I'm the only one in the squad who's really known him before out of this, you know? So, and the other team that we're facing don't know him at all. Mm-hmm. He's just another white Eastern European guy. Yes. So... And the way the world has been going for the past year, two years, and how big this is stuff is, how prominent this stuff has been in football. For even for me, if a white guy would say that to me, I my man would go to, be like, are you calling a monkey? It wouldn't be you're referring to me behaving like a monkey because I'm being silly. I'll be like, I would go to like, what are you trying to say? You know what I'm saying? I get, I guess, I get that, but I, I personally wouldn't go there. I would question. I'd be like. It depends. Like, yeah. It depends on the context and the person. I think the way they said it. Yeah. So that was the way that was the way it happened. You know, yeah. they were talking back Wolf and it was like, shut up, like, stop behaving like a monkey. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's so intense, really important, right? Because I, so when I heard it, I was like, how did, why was that even something to say? Well, because the thing is, though, Again, I wouldn't go straight to the race thing because. Quote, but no, so, so wait. So let me finish. Okay, okay. So I was. So point. that's what my thing. That why is that even something to say? Like especially with things that have been going on. Yes. Like how were you? How did you not before you spoke for? Um, let me not say this. This could get misconstrued. But my second thing was I was still just calm because I know him. Mm-hmm. I know his intentions. Yeah. I know he's not r- racist. I know he doesn't refer to black people as monkeys. Mm-hmm. So I was on the calmer side than most other people because I know him. I know his intentions mm-hmm. and he wouldn't refer to anyone like that. Mm-hmm. But no one else knew his intentions because they don't know who he is. Of course. No, even you didn't know his intentions. You just assumed. That's yeah, of the, course. You're, you're doing the same yeah, as yeah, yeah, everyone yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You it's assumed. Just, I have more, more information. Background of the character. I have more information of yeah, him. Your assumption to have was, assumption. Yeah, your assumption was backed yeah. up. Everyone else was making their own yeah, assumptions. Yeah, yeah, Nobody yeah. knows what he was thinking. Um. Right, so, but but it did surprise me that that he didn't have necessarily awareness to recognize that I shouldn't make this comment because of how we can be misconstrued. Mm-hmm. And anyone with enough awareness in that context would know I shouldn't make this comment because of how we can be misconstrued. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't mean it at all in that way. And he didn't, he... Even even the connection, uh, I I don't really see myself. But he was like, um, he was from a sense of he was behaving like an idiot. Yeah, that's what right. I would have imagined too. Right. Yeah. That's what I believe he was coming from. The guy was behaving like an idiot, called him a monkey. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. I I can see that. But what surprised me was the awareness. Like. Yeah. It's not like he's born and raised in London. Like he came here like. Three, four years ago, I believe. Yeah. He's born in Eastern European where uh, some cultures in that part of the world can be culturally set up to be racist. 
Every, even though people even in them cultures that, are not. I even it may not even be a thing of being culturally set up to be racist. I'm not set up. I you know I know what you're saying, but yeah. I mean like it could even be a thing of if he's in a country which doesn't have a lot of black people. Right, 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 right. Then you don't know Muslims. You don't, yeah. They wouldn't know like for instance, you go to America, there's like a million and different like there's so many yeah, yeah. cultural contexts and so many things that you wouldn't know to yeah. avoid because you're not American and you don't understand yeah. the history behind it. Yeah. So if you're from Eastern Europe and you call someone a monkey and there's no other black people in your yeah, country, yeah. you may never you calling someone a monkey, you won't you may not yeah, understand yeah. the context of like monkey is a thing that people yeah derogatorily yeah call black people you just be like that's what i call somebody who's yeah. acting so like it might just be a thing of not having black people means he just doesn't he's never been made aware of that context right. you know what i mean and that's a and that's a situation i think most people find themselves in from that part of the world they say things where they just haven't been exposed to people from another culture where the, the thing that they've said or done they haven't realized how negative that negatively that can be misconstrued how disrespectful it comes across. There was a situation, again, in football. This was maybe uh, late last year. It was it was a game going on. Two teams from two different countries, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and in a professional game, there's so many different referees and officials. You know, you've got the one on the pitch, but then you've got two on the outside and you've got, like, a few more, like, on the on the sideline. Um, like make sure other things are sorted out and something must have went on with like someone on the bench like one of the substitutes on the bench um, a black guy mm-hmm. and the ref, someone must have one of the officials must have told the ref like he needs to come talk to him he needs to come give him a yellow card or something because he's doing whatever whatever he was doing I don't remember so the referee the game was top referee came over to the sideline like there's a bit of commotion and the two referees are talking, mm-hmm. you know, trying to sort out who it is, what the issue is. And they're two, like, white European guys. One of them was Romanian, I believe. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys they were talking about was a black guy. So, the one who's on the sideline is talking to the referee on the pitch because he's the main referee. He has the cards, he has his decisions. Mm-hmm. And he's telling him who the culprit was and what he did, blah, 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 blah. And he pointed over, I think they was talking in that one of the languages mm-hmm. that they both understand. And he pointed at someone to say who it was. And he basically said, in layman's terms, he said the black person, the black one. Because there was like, I think, I don't think he knew their names. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was, I think it was like maybe in that little bit, he was the only black guy sitting there. So he was like that one, the black one. Mm-hmm. But in his language, that black translates to Neglo, I believe. Yeah. Or Neglito. Or yeah. some sort of variation of Negro. Yes. And then a huge commotion <laughs> happened because they heard that. Yeah, because people heard that. And people was like, would you call me, blah, blah, blah. blah. I, and I, then something was going off about 10, 15 minutes. I, like, I hate that. Things going on. I hate that. And it's like... <laughs> I actually hate that. Stuff. At first, I, when I first got a hold of this information and I saw what was going on, I thought, right, he just called the guy, blah, 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 blah. And then I looked at it a bit more and I was looking yeah, at his body like, language and just looking listen to him a little bit. And I was like... And they were speaking He just wasn't language. aware of what he was... He just wasn't aware of how this could be misconstrued. It's not even about misconstrued. It's the like it I, is, see, I know I, it's their language. I, I, even I really like, don't like that. I feel like that is a really. I feel like that in itself is a very closed-minded viewpoint. It's a. It's a I think it's a difficult, complex situation. I, I think it is. I think it's. I think. I don't a lot think it's of, black and white. I. I would say. I. I would say it's actually. I. I don't like that because. To get angry about that is to see the world in an English-speaking mindset. No, it is very. 
silly to start oh, and get angry. And yeah, if you can hear it, it's like that's a different language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, and even I'd say, don't even get angry first. Ask them what do oh, you yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, um, and then clear it up. And if it seems like the person was actually being racist, then get angry. But yeah, I don't like that. When yeah, no, getting angry straight away. Of course, I understand the situation first before yeah. you start. But we spoke about that, and that's something I spoke about. What uni helps you with, like you're leading with your emotions there. Yeah, hundred percent. You have you've seen the situation happen. It's not like it's been crystal clear what is going on, mm-hmm. but you've seen a something a scenario happen where someone's pointing at you or towards you, and you've heard the word, or someone around you has heard the word, and then straight away you've gone, oh, blah blah, I called him nigger, negro, whatever, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Understand the situation first. Don't just you know lead with Jump your emotions. Conclusion, yeah. um, definitely. But yes, I understand that is, I think that, I believe that was his language and that's the word for, and in most countries still to this day, that's the that's word for the, that's black, just the word, yeah. not black people, not black person, just the just color, the color black, black, yeah. You, it's some variation of Negro, Negrito. I think in, there was even a, another issue I can't remember to, there's so many issues here. But mm-hmm. it's, it's South American and Argentina. I think Spanish, it's just negro. If Spanish is just negro. Yeah. I remember going in secondary school. <laughs> you remember that, yeah, that yeah. Spanish room? Yeah, there was the yeah. colors on the wall. Yeah. Yo, I remember because I didn't do Spanish, right? Yeah. I did French. Yo, I'll never forget this day. <laughs> I didn't yeah. do Spanish. I did French. And I went, I was in this class one time. I don't know why. I never be, I, there was yeah, no reason for me yeah. to be in this class. Yeah. I didn't do Spanish. It was like a Spanish classroom. And I'm just sitting there looking up at the colors on a wall and everyone and it said what did it, it didn't say black what did it i think it said black mm-hmm. and it said black and i didn't even said negro and I thought, yeah i think what the yeah i think everybody has that i thought what <laughs> bro it just is negro up yeah, there like yeah. i was baffled uh-huh. until i realized that that's, <laughs> that's until i realized that that's what they call black and then i was like how are they still calling that black well, they're like, not gonna change their language but that's what i'm saying yeah. i thought that the word derived from Okay, so you. Um, oh, I okay. thought the word derived from Americans making it up for black okay, people. Okay, so you thought they had taken right, the word right, from that right. I thought they were from that yeah, and yeah, using yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I didn't understand that Americans heard Europeans use the word to call black people that because they're just not. They're not even being racist, just saying the black person. Yeah, Americans heard that, rearranged it, and made it Negro. Yeah, and then they started using it, but it got popular there with America. But it was Europeans who would use it to talk about black people. Yeah, but they weren't being racist. They were just saying, "Oh, the black person." Um, the way we would go with the white person. Yeah, and I think, and like, Americans just took it and then made it something to, you know, degrade you if you were called that. Yeah, when really, the original word for it in them countries was just you was a black person. Yeah, the same way you're a I, white person. I think I've noticed a lot, uh, especially even just like with a lot of this stuff, is I think people often forget that the U.S. and the United Kingdom is not planet Earth. Mm. And I think a lot of us forget that the world isn't just the Western world. Mm. And I think sometimes it requires us even going beyond the scope of like, oh, wait, there's like other, like, even like, I would like, for instance, like the monkey thing, I wouldn't be surprised if you went to an African country and because they don't have the context and they might not have the context of that in our, Mm. in our kind of, in our history, they may not even see that. Mm. And it's like, I think it's important to be aware of like the different cultures. And I think just the solution is just like, like you said, I think you should shouldn't go first with your emotions and you should like it's like understand i try and understand try and get it and it's like yeah there'll be definitely tons of instances in which people are just being racist and i think you need to be like take a second to assess i think it's hard to 
I think it's very different. I think it's a lot of people will jump to reactions because it's really hard to suss out when people are being racist because there is like, especially you don't know them. There is so much gray, and it's easy to just hear something and just be like, just get angry yeah. or just leave it alone because it kind of paints the world black and white. But it is really gray, and it's really difficult. It's very, it's a very, especially when you don't know the person. Yeah, it's it's, it's a very very hard thing to do um, to suss that stuff out. Um, so, yeah, so that happened. And there was a big commotion on the pitch because he said to the black person, and but it was Negro in his language. And I even spoke with a Romanian, Romanian friend, and you know she was like angry. I like, would you want us to do that's our language? That's what we say. Yeah. And that was sort of a, of the sense of. But then when I then when I fought back a second time, I thought, but it is their language, their language like yeah. to tell them to change. I mean, it's only one word, but to tell them to change their whole language is like it's a bit blah blah blah. Yeah. But even my first initial thought was, you know, have a bit of the same way we need to understand before anything and not just leave with our emotions. What's the situation is what's actually going on? Because mm-hmm. it just be it just could be it just could it could just be a clash of cultures. Yeah, I feel like my first initial feeling was they should understand how this word is used and sort of sort of go around that a little bit. Yeah, I get that. Like you would imagine around black and black people to talk about a black person, don't just go, oh, yeah, the neg the neglo. Like go around because you understand how that could you but, know? But then the question is, is it fair to punish several cultures in all over the world and be like, We're now taking words away from your language because of something that I'm not asking not even, no, no no, I'm not saying But I mean like you'd ask you're saying avoid the word, right? Yeah, I'm like, is that fair to ask? Like, right. So that was my, so that was my first, right. So that was my first initial feeling. Yeah. And then when I thought about a lot more, I was thinking like, this is their, you know, this is their, this is their word that they used. Yeah. And they had it first before it was used to degrade black people. They had it first just to say the color black. Yeah. It just so happened that we've heard it so many times through like, like social conditioning from understanding our past that now in our brains when we hear that word it's, it means something else it doesn't mean just black like that, yeah it means what it, what it, what we see it as um so then i thought about that and i thought yeah but you can't really tell them to don't use to avoid the word right yeah but then it's so like but then it's sticky in the situation with the clash of cultures and i guess it's just awareness yeah awareness needs to be understood from them and how we would feel about that, about that word being used. Yeah. And then from us understanding that that's their culture. Yeah. And it doesn't mean it's not anything specific or derogative to us or to black people. It's just what they say. Yeah. It's just and it's just language. a shame that certain people in a certain generation used it to start, used it for another meaning, for another purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just like, I think one of the things I've noticed about where we are right now is there are, I think a lot of us focus only on our side of the story and outside of what the issues are Mm. as like a, for instance, like a black person from Southeast London, your main internal concern is the issues that are facing there and your culture and all that. And I think it's important. I think the one thing we should all learn from what's going on is there are so many different cultures and all everyone just has to take sometimes just like a step back and just like take a second. Yeah, everyone yeah. needs to do that. I think it's just the the key. I remember this is what we're talking about when I spoke when we had the episode with um, Michael. Mm-hmm. 
on the on the teams when I said uh, you know uni helps you to <coughs> critically analyze and evaluate both sides mm-hmm. and take your emotions out of it take your feelings out of it your opinions out of it understand one side understand the other then make your decision however you feel about it mm-hmm. and it's the same situation here like I think I feel like I feel like I've started to do it most things in life mm-hmm. in fact there's another situation this is like three years ago four years ago on the football pitch with one of my old teams, we was playing and we were predominantly a black team. We had a few white guys on our team, we were predominantly a black team. Yeah. And the team we played was all white, all white team. And you get this when you go out and you play further out, you get teams where there's all white people. Yep, statistically. Um, that so, yeah, happen. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it might be just one black guy. He's <laughs> yeah. super fast in the team. He's super yeah. fast. Um, and he, yeah, he's super fast. But yeah, maybe just one black guy. But generally, wherever you go, there'll be all white Um and we're playing this game and one of my teammates, I forgot specifically what happened, but there was a bit of backtrack, a bit of talk. Mm-hmm. It was like a throw on to um, the other team. They had the ball and one of my teammates and one of their teammates were like, just being silly, getting like bickering, going back and forth about whose boy was, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then I was just like, I'll leave it, leave it, keep playing, keep playing, but whatever. And we were just getting ready to play and continue. And another teammate on their team went out and went, oh, Lee, he went, he was talking to his player who was involved, his teammate. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, leave him. He thinks he's a gangster. And I heard that. And of course, I understood. So people, people could misconstrue that as like, not racist, but like very stereotypical. Yeah. Because he's a black guy. He, he had, who was wearing a do-rag. He's talking and bickering, he's like, which has nothing to do with being a gangster. But see that I would under, see that I can understand right, getting angry about way more. Right, way, way, but way more. nothing really happened there. Yeah, but because it did, re, it did. Re, I think I was the only one that really picked up because I don't think anyone else on my team that really reacted from it. Yeah, and I'm not someone to make a commotion out of it because I I was understanding the situation while the game was going on, but yeah. it did piss me off that this. But then again, I just understood this was an uneducated. Um ignorant guy yeah who didn't spend no time around black people didn't grow up around no black people mm-hmm. and what he saw was what he grew up with which was everything in the news and media that all black guys from gangs and we're gangsters and we tried to be like this mm-hmm. so when he he was trying to you know just you know sort of insult the black guy in some way he goes i'll oh, leave him he thinks he's a gangster mm-hmm. which gangster had no relevance or Con- there was no connotations in the context of the situation. Yeah, you see, I but that like... was his only view of black people. Yeah. So me understanding that, I didn't go sw- start switching. I left it and I relaxed. Mm-hmm. And I, f- I just I, let me. He doesn't even let me. I can't even bother to. Do you, do you know the thing is as well? And I, I don't even think like the point. I think switching is even pointless. Yeah. I don't think even even if he was, even if he straight up just the sh- shot at the n word across the field, right? Mm. Getting angry isn't like a solution. And it's something I realized, and I the reason why I don't argue with people at all. Even sometimes I'll listen to people and I'm like, wow, you are you I I might not be right, but you don't sound quite right either. Um, is because I realized something. I think a lot of us, and I think this happens at our age especially, I think especially in the age of Twitter and social media, mm. whether we've had it or not, or it's developed recently. But there seems to be this belief that if you argue hard enough and you win the debate with someone, you will change their mind and they will now move on to a better path. And I'm not sure if you've ever had an argument with somebody, even when they're right, 
I don't, even if somebody's right, the last thing you want to do with somebody you just had an argue with, argument with the is brief, agree with yeah. them. That's the last thing you want to do. The last thing you want to be is like, I'm on, sometimes, honestly, having an argument will just push you deeper into whatever you were believing because mm. you're like, I don't want to agree with you. But is that a problem with them or you? <clears throat> That's just a people thing. That's how people are. And you're not conversing with yourself. If I was only ever but, conversing with myself, fine, I would debate every single person ever, right? But, but in that specific ish, in that specific context, situation, you and someone else, you're having a debate or an argument, whatever it is. Oh, I concede all the time now because I, I noticed it. I, I concede all the time now. Yeah. I, it, it still hurts when but you concede. That would be, that's more of an issue with the person. I don't, I don't think that's a solitary. I think everybody's like I, that. Everybody probably goes through it, but in that specific context... You're having an argument, debate with someone, mm -hmm. and even the person that you're having an argument, debate with, if they're quote unquote winning the argument, they're what they're saying is right. Mm -hmm. If the if you're flipped on them, they'll go through the same thing because, like you said, everybody there's something everybody goes through, and I agree. Mm -hmm. But in a specific situation, me and you are arguing, we're having a debate. You are right, and I'm starting to believe and understand how right you are, and I'm starting to realize I'm wrong and I look stupid. Mm -hmm. But I don't. Like you said, I get, I go deep and deep into what I believe, and I don't want to be wrong, and I'm digging my hole a lot more. Mm -hmm. Is that a problem with you or me? Um, well, that's just like a problem with. I would say, obviously, I guess it's a problem internally with yourself. Yeah. But I'm not. But my point is, it's not isolated to just you. No, no, no. Of course, if it was she was flipped and it was me that was right, you would be in the same. Yeah, I think it like takes understanding yourself, and I think. I think a lot of people, like, you have to understand how other people work, which is what the whole point of empathy is, is to understand other people. And I think you have to understand when people are attacked or when you have a debate with someone, they get defensive. Like, that's just a natural thing. They maybe will go, maybe a few months later, they'll be mm. like, oh, he said something meaningful and they'll change their mind. But I've learned that arguments and debates don't change minds. People change their minds when they're talking to people who they actually like and respect and, they, and they're having normal conversations. It's through normal everyday conversations with people you actually like and care about that you slowly change your mind. And I think that's gotten me out of the mindset of arguing with people because I think like that's not how you change people. It is possible to set up healthy debates though. You can, you can set up healthy debates, but I don't think the majority of people yeah, are no, capable. The, the general person I don't, isn't. No. Exactly. I don't think the majority of people are capable of having those healthy debates. No. So I think on an, your default, you should not base your default on the extenuating circumstances. Your default way you act shouldn't be based upon how the 1% may react. You have to adjust to how everyone is. And if we want to change everyone's minds, if we want everyone to be more inclusive and more cohesive, you have to understand how people work. And I think the uncomfortable thing about changing people we don't like, racist people, sexist people, whatever people, mm. is the unfortunate thing is the only way to change their minds is to is to like actually talk with them, like on a level. Like not get angry. Like somebody says the N-word, you're like, hey man, do you know that's like like not that like actually just yeah. conversation be like, yeah, man, that's not not like yo, be like, hey man, that's not that cool, bro. Yes. Like that's kind of like you do know that's kind of like having a conversation yeah. they may react hostile but like that's how you do it and i think a lot of people are like if i argue if i shout at this person they're gonna know they did something wrong and they're gonna change they're definitely not gonna double down and be even worse than they were before <laughs> um it is kind of ironically funny you know that um to sort out a dispute with someone mm -hmm. or a difference you may have with someone the only way to do that you know, in a healthy way to talk. Yeah. 
but you don't want to talk because of that dispute yeah. or that difference within you. Yeah. Um, that's funny. 